There's three things in life that are certain ways. Death, taxes, and Kyle Walker being a fucking degenerate. What What is up with that guy? Strippers, fucking, he's having parties now during COVID. Uh, I mean, he's going to fail a drugs test at some stage. What's going on with this guy? Yeah, no, absolute legend. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> absolute yeah. legend, making my FPL decisions easier. <laughs> like, and uh, Mendy, Mendy had some girls around his house, didn't he? And uh, Mendy was messaging like a modeling agency, yeah. being like, "Send me some some slamming hotties." And the the modeling agency were like, "We're going to screenshot this and post it on yeah. social media." <laughs> so yeah, there's all sorts going on, but <laughs> luckily, so far, uh, you know, elite sport is going to continue. So the Premier League is going to continue despite. Uh, these players being naughty boys, and luckily for us, Apparently that means Jaden Sancho uh, means the fixture is going to continue. What was that, John? So I proper buttered in there. I was going to say apparently Jaden Sancho flew in on a private jet and all, and I don't know if that happened. But yeah. there was allegations. There was a party between um, uh, sort of Christmas get together with Lamella and uh, a few the, and Lanzini and a few other players as well. So, yeah, like the Argentines had their meet up, and then the Brazilians had their meet up, yeah. and like. So yeah, yeah, not good. You know, on a serious note, yeah, not not ideal that. Um, but yeah, luckily the Premier League is continuing, albeit with obviously what's been a very sort of hectic last couple of game weeks with postponements and you know, you know, Tottenham obviously missed a game a couple of game weeks ago. Um, Fulham have missed two game weeks in a row now, haven't they? So mm. I think it just sort of is a lesson that postponements can happen at any time, and uh, yeah, so always be waiting with your transfers and stuff like that. Well, we've a lot to get through this week and we'll get into it. But first off, I want to already derail this show and go into a little tangent. It just made me think of it there when we're talking about Argentines having their party and Brazilians having theirs. And I know that there's this weird little celebration thing between like James Madison and Jack Grealish and Chilwell and a few others where they do this like A celebration. You might have seen it. You know this one? Yeah. You might have seen it. People at home and just visualize me making an A symbol with my fingers. They, they, they're all doing this sort of shit. Do you know what it makes me think of? Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira and the state of the game these days. Like, there's there just doesn't seem to be the same. Like, after final whistles, they're losing against teams and going and hugging them and all this sort of shit. Yeah. I remember I remember in my mind quite clearly, it was a few a few months ago now in a cup tie. The Derby? No, was it? it was, I was going to say Chelsea, Zuma. They lost uh, a penalty shootout in a cup tie. And as soon as the penalty shootout finished, he's laughing and joking with someone in the other team. I mean, like... Madness. Uh, you don't have to take it, you know, that seriously. But, I mean, on the pitch, laughing and joking, you've just lost a penalty shootout. I mean, when I... If I if I played amateur football and I lost a penalty shootout, I'd be, you know, in a bad mood. So, I'd be... You know, when I'm watching professional footballers, I, I expect them to be, you know, to to be, a, you know, a good mood when they win and a bad mood when they lose. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem to be there, does it? They're all buddy body, like yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. Like I kind of get it, and it's nice and all being friendly. But at the same time, I kind of want to see them. I don't know, foaming at the mouth a bit, and like I, I want to see them having like a Roy Keane or someone on the sidelines yeah. who like uh, they let on. It's like letting a bear out of a cage. Early you know? early two thousands, Arsenal versus United sort of fixtures were yeah were the absolute best. Keane, Vieira in the tunnel, and yeah, those days were probably the best. Yeah, but look, who knows. Maybe we'll get back there someday. Highly doubt it, but maybe. Um, but before we get into the show, a couple of things. Big shout out to everyone who interacted with us on social media this week. Um, sort of, a lot of people were tagging us in in where they were listening to the podcast. They they just gave mm. us feedback. So shout outs to the likes of FBL Durr, FPL General, uh, Andy Armstrong, Scott Sanders, who apparently loves Martial. 
FPL spuds who I think corrected you in your pronunciation of your pronunciation of Soychek. Yeah, I'm not, uh, even, sure. I'm not even sure if he was right though. <laughs> <laughs> FPL SWAT ever faithful thanks for the for uh, the feedback again this week and Brendy Nellis was on to me in the DMs so yeah look guys I suppose this week do us a favour send us a wee photo send us a screenshot and, and let us know wherever you're listening to the podcast and and what you think of it if you think it's of a heap of shite just keep it to yourself maybe but if you like it reach out yeah. um, and then absolutely lastly before we get straight into all the free hit action wild cards players to be looking for strategies everything else shout out to partners of the show Fanslide Fanslide's the world's first in-play fantasy football game and it's completely complementary to FPL it, it, they aren't exactly like they don't overlap they aren't the same product this isn't just another fantasy thing it's an in-play fantasy thing and it includes cup games so if I was you when you're sitting at home in the evenings this week your kids have been wrecking your head all day you're stuck in the house but they're finally off to get their bath or off to bed and you've got some daddy or mummy time what you do is you flick on the game you download Fanslide and you see how you get on that's what I do Wes yeah absolutely especially in, like I said the cup games there's no FPL riding on it might not be as as interesting to watch for us sort of FPL keynotes. So yeah, you can make it into that sort of interesting watch with uh, sliding players in and out of your team. I played it myself as well last night. I did okay, especially with the um, Southampton players. I tri- tripled upon their defence for a period of time. So I uh, got a clean sheet there, which was uh, kind of against the odds, I guess, with it being Liverpool. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's just good fun, and I think I think you've already said it, but it's free to play, and you can win cash. So win win, you know, win win. Okay, well, so we get right into it this week. What we're gonna do uh, for everyone listening is there's six fixtures this coming game week, game week eighteen. We're gonna go through each fixture. Look at both teams, uh, relatively quick, particularly in some fixtures like Sheffield and Newcastle. It shouldn't take too long. Yeah. We're going to look at players that fit a certain a different criteria, either free hit options, wild card options, and, and, and those wild cards are essentially just long-term players that we like the look of outside this game week. Yeah. Um. So the first fixture up is Sheffield United and Newcastle. It has to be said, Sheffield United look particularly dismal this season, and mm. I don't actually think many people would have predicted it, considering how no. strong they were last yeah, season. Yeah, really. I was expecting. You know, Chris Wilde as a manager, I really rate. I'm I'm from a town in England called Northampton, uh, and he was our manager actually for a good couple of seasons and did phenomenally well. Even when you know we almost went out of the football league with money issues. Uh, and then the following season won the league uh, you know with record points for league two I think it was and certainly set, set some records there um, and obviously last season in the Premier League did really well um, and yeah I was, wasn't expecting Sheffield United to struggle at all but I think what's hit them is injuries to key players players like Jack O'Connell um, Dean Henderson obviously not on injury but he was their keeper last season he's definitely a lot better than Ramsdale so you know in and, and Sheffield United have always been a team who they're always close in games. A lot of their losses this year have been by maybe one goal. And, you know, just having a, that better keeper in there, they've definitely got a few more points via draws and, you know, nicking the odd win, I'm sure of it. And then you, you always hear, like, a lot of the ex-footballers, like Gary Neville says it a lot as well, where um, having that keeper, having a really good keeper in your goal really helps the rest of your team because the defence just feel more confident and therefore play better because they know that their keeper is going to come for crosses. They know that they're going to uh, save shots that are maybe flying in the top corner or whatever. Whereas with Ramsdale, they haven't got that. Um, but, yet, you know, focusing it back on to an FPL perspective, there's two options there. If 
your but I'll, I'll caveat that with only if you're free hitting I'd consider these which would be and and there'd be bench players it's long term don't like it any of them but you know if you're free hitting you need some cash and you need to have someone on the bench who's cheap you've got Burke who plays in, is, as a midfielder um, but he plays up front when he does play and you've got Brewster as a really cheap striker outside of that I wouldn't be considering anyone I don't think Having but again, having said that, if you are on a free hit, they are playing Newcastle, they are at home. And again, if finances mean that you can only afford a certain goalkeeper, maybe you can't get, you know, City's goalkeeper, United's keeper, whatever. I guess you could go for Ramsdale. I've just obviously said how poor he is. But I don't know, if money was tight, there's an option there for, again, for free hitters only, not for people on a wild card or just playing, playing without a chip because you don't want these players in long term. Yeah, that's it for me. You do not want Sheffield United players long term, but for the free hit, the only players you might want are defenders. I wouldn't be backing their forwards and or midfielders in any way, but maybe you fancy Newcastle to be one of the least likely teams to score this week. Yeah, and maybe then you do go for a cheapy, cheapy defender or or keeper. I mean, Ampadu there gets minutes every week and he's, he's rocking in at 4.3, which might be decent for a free hit. Yeah, exactly. Just for a free hit and maybe even then still on your bench. But again, like you say, if Newcastle don't score, um, then you could get some points there. But like, like you've already alluded to, and so have I, Sheffield United have been poor defensively and attacking this season. So ideally, you wouldn't really even go there on a free hit. And I guess with Newcastle, uh, Callum Wilson's looked lively. in the like He looked really good against Liverpool. Uh, didn't obviously get any attacking returns but looked really good in that game and in terms of you know the season on a whole Callum Wilson's definitely performed well especially for his price so he's definitely an option again because again maybe not so much long term because Newcastle aren't the best attacking team but if you know if you are on a free hit this week he is definitely one to consider Um, and again maybe Darlow there if you need a a keeper for five mil or under because he is playing Sheffield United again for the free hitters. Um, but again, not a long-term option with Debravka back and a little bit overpriced. I don't know what you think about any, any more Newcastle assets I've missed out, John. I think you've pretty much said it all for me. I was going to say, I mean, for me, how many times can I say for me, Wilson at 6.5 to enable those Man United and Man City players. And even those Spurs players this week, maybe, mm. or whoever you're trying to bring in, I think Wilson up top for 6.5 is great value playing against Sheffield United. I think Darlow and Nets, uh, decent shout. I don't know if I'd be going for him long term, but that's maybe just me biased because I've had Martinez and and I wouldn't be getting rid of Martinez for Darlow. No. Uh, particularly because I got Martinez much cheaper. But the only other consideration, maybe, and I, again, it's a ballsy call, but defenders, I think that this, this fixture is one of those ones that has nil-nil written all over it, maybe a 1-0. Yeah. It'll inevitably end up three each, but do you know, I, I don't think a, a cheap Newcastle defender on your on your free head is the end of the world. But I wouldn't be picking them long term. Yeah, yeah exactly um, that. So I'd have no interest. Uh, so yeah, just to bring it back a step in terms of our own plans, it's looking like John isn't going to use any chip this week, but I am going to be using my free hit chip. So I'm very interested in just the short term fixtures. So therefore, for my scenario, and it will be similar to quite a lot of people's. I am just looking at these one because a free hit is literally just one fixture. So yeah, I could see myself uh, maybe going with a Newcastle defender because, like you said, they're playing. You've got to think normally with an FPL hat on. I'm always thinking longer term. I don't really care about just one one game week. I'm thinking at least six. But this, you have to change your mindset for a free hit and literally just think about one fixture. So players you'd, I'd have disregarded 
you know, virtually all of Newcastle's defenders um, because it's like kind of like, well, I, there's better options out there for the long term, so why would I consider them? But they're playing Sheffield United this week and like you said, it's kind of got a nil-nil written all over it. Could easily be a Newcastle clean sheet there. Someone like Fernandez for Newcastle, um, 4.7 million, often gets bonus points if there's a clean sheet. So yeah, I could see myself I could see myself going there if I needed to save cash and if I'm if I'm back in that fixture for a Newcastle positive result. Yeah, uh, I think for me, I've said it all already. To be honest yeah, with you, let's move on to Burnley United then. Burnley United, Burnley. I am only going to be looking at defenders, maybe Pope, but I'm I'm, I'm not looking anywhere further forward. Uh, there's some very yeah. promising players. Well, when I say some, Dwight McNeil. But he hasn't really been at the races this season. But Burnley haven't. And yeah. he's injured. So, uh, defenders, yeah. But even then, long term, they've got horrible fixtures coming up. Yeah. And Taylor's injured now, who was a good cheap option in there. Now, I have Lighten in my team at the minute. I'm happy to have him there as a wee enabler that I'll maybe bring on occasionally. Uh, but, yeah, uh, got- I'm just not a fan of Burnley. I think of all these, like Burnley's another one. We're getting the shit teams out of the way first, at least. Yeah, but the good thing, so depending on your strategy, the teams that you want to be targeting if you're uh, maybe not using a chip. So yeah, if you're not using a chip this week, but you want to build for both, you know, you need some players in for this week because it's a blank week, but you also need players in for the double um, and you want to target the double game weeks, then the the four teams who play this week and have a double next week are Man United, Man City, Aston Villa and Burnley. Um, Now I'm not saying, you know, like you've just said, Burnley's double is like Liverpool away, West Ham away. It's not great, but they do at least play because there's no point targeting the likes of, you know, Leeds have a great double in, in week 19. But if you're not using a chip, you can't really be using a transfer to bring in Leeds players now. Same for West Ham, same for Southampton, you know. Um, but obviously, yeah, it does depend on your strategy. But yeah, like just to reiterate, if you're not using a chip, those are the four teams to target if you want someone who A, plays this week and then B, has a double. Um, but yeah, back to that fixture in general, Burnley versus Man United. Don't know. Yeah, like you said, the defenders could be good in terms of Burnley's attackers and midfielders. Yeah, I don't like them, not even on a free hit because they're playing Man United, which is a tough fixture. And I can't remember how many goals they've scored this season, but I think it once, like people were quoting that, you know, Calvert Lewin scored more than Burnley and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure they've only scored maybe, I want to say, 11 league goals. And there's already players out there like, you know, Vardy, Son, Salah. Uh, Bruno Fernandes who've scored more than Burnley potentially again I might, I might be slightly out with the stats there um, well I count 8 just through the FPL site by arranging them by goals and counting uh, yeah there might be some own goals in there I'll just bring it up quickly, quickly not a lot <laughs> no goals for they've scored the yeah sorry the second they've scored 9 and Sheffield United have scored 8 and they're the only two two teams in single figures so yeah like you said earlier you don't, you're not interested in their midfielders or attackers I'd fully agree with that as a team, they've only scored nine goals. Their most recent goal, I think, was a Ben Mee goal, so it was a defender scoring. Um, so, yeah, definitely not interested in attackers from Burnley or Sheffield United. Like I said, with the caveat of, you know, if you are on a free hit for bench players for Sheffield United, just because of how cheap they are. But, yeah, um, yeah, so really shocking that they've only scored nine goals in, in 15 games, Burnley, because they've got a couple in hand. So, yeah, in terms of that, I've got Loughton as well, like yourself, John. So, again, a a decent option for the double game week because it's cheap and they've got a double that's all I'm looking at that as uh, but this week they're playing Man United so if you want a free hit you're probably going to avoid Burnley players anyway um, but yeah long for this sort of next couple of game weeks they're okay players to have at the back the likes of me Loughton or, or Pope 
Um, but yeah, should we move on to Man United's team? Because there's yeah, a lot of options I'm actually, there. Actually, like it's not even you; it's just those fixtures. I'm feeling tired again. Like they were, they were the three worst teams to start with. But we're, we've got them out of the way. So from yeah. now, it's going to be more exciting. Got, United, Wolves, Everton, City, Brighton, hmm, Villa, Spurs, Arsenal, Palace. So there's a good bit to talk about now. So. United, uh, who are up against Burnley, they're obviously one of the par four. Do you know they've got the single and the double? Yeah. So, if, if I'm just going to come out straight out with it, Bruno, hard to look past as a long term player. If you're free hitting and you don't have him, if you're one of the 48 percent that don't have him, you probably should have him. Hmm. Rashford, I actually have in my team. He's looked decent recently. The last game he played there against Villa, he had a lot of shots albeit yeah. from the edge of the box type of area. Yeah. Normally he'd bury one of them. I'm not I'm not giving up yet. That means, I think, since game week 13, he had two goals against Leeds, he blanked, but then he got a goal, a goal. Villa, he looked okay. I'm actually kind of happy to have him in there. Yeah, I'm happy, I'm happy with Rashford as well. Like you say, he's one of those power four teams, along with Villa, Burnley and City, to have that single, then double, which is really helpful for those not using a chip. But yeah... Rashford, like you said, he's got a goal away at Leicester and again got into a couple of really good you know, good positions to score goals. The finish just wasn't there. Uh then backed that up with a goal at home to Wolves in the last minute, which is always good when that's why, you know, those ninety minute players are uh are really handy. And um yeah, like I said, he, he blanked against uh Villa. He wasn't played in played in his preferred position there. I think Pogba was kind of the left sort of forward with Rashford on the right. Rashford prefers to be on the left, cutting in on his right. But yeah, like you said, he got plenty, you know a fair few shots away. One was really close; just just went over the bar in the top. It was you know top yeah, corner, but just over the bar. Um, another was it a couple of good saves from Martinez? Maybe can't fully remember. But he was cutting in on the left foot instead of cutting in from the left onto his right yeah, foot. Yeah, exactly. He, so he, that, he, that he sort of noticed it with his left. He scuffed the shots a bit, dragged yeah. them along the ground. Easy saves. Yeah, but yeah, no, I like him. Marshall's another one Wes, where I'd love to have Marshall in, maybe just coming into this this sort of double game week and, and you know there's some good fixtures after that. But you scared me last week with the triple up talk that it's maybe not a good idea. Yeah. And it probably isn't a great idea to be honest with you, but he's he's a, a good natural replacement for Dominic Calvert Lewin, who hasn't exactly been firing all cylinders and Yeah. I just don't so know. again it does it does depend on you know, for the listeners, it depends on your own strategy. If you're free hitting, you know, a triple up in a free hit week isn't the end of the world because it's one game week. If it goes a bit wrong and, you know, you, you're assuming that on a free hit week you can build yourself a decent bench as well. Um, and obviously you can keep tinkering right up until the deadline. So you should maybe get wind if that game was to be suspended. So there's definitely less risk in a free hit week. But in general speaking, yeah, for yourself who's not free hitting, um, there's a couple of reasons why I wouldn't do it with Martial because... Um, Cavani, I transferred Martial in, but then Cavani started a game over Martial. Now, I do think Martial is still the first choice, but there's still that threat there because Cavani is still maybe not world-class anymore, but he's still obviously got a lot of lot of ability there and a lot to offer. So Cavani could take his game time. And also what's going to work against Martial is Cavani got a three-game ban, um, which meant he missed the last Premier League game, which was good for Martial. Martial played, he, I'm pretty sure he played 90 minutes in that game, got a goal. Um, but now Cavani's got a three three-game ban, but that includes both these cup games that are coming up. Now, Man United and other teams are playing, you know, two cup games before the next Premier League game. So if Martial plays 90, you know, in both of those cup games, is Solskjaer then going to think, okay, I've got a fresh Cavani here to use for one of those games in the double game week? I don't know. 
but it's just something to consider um so again i know we, we kind of say this every week but again it's very important because there's cup games and because like i just said that you know if you wanted to bring in martial now you're gonna to have to sweat out potentially two sets of 90 minutes for martial and then you've got to sweat out if if he doesn't get an injury fine but he might then be tired and you know cavani might then start one of the double game week games which means you've got a double game week player who doesn't play both so he's kind of a single game week player and then maybe plus one point from a cameo so it's definitely worth considering with Martial. Wait and see how the cup games go. If he plays, if he gets a rest and they play, you know, Greenwood through the middle, brilliant. Um, so yeah, just wait for it. You've got to watch cup game, not watch them, but you've got to look out for information from cup games. Yeah, there's a lot of the big teams have cup games this week, and there could be some rogue injuries and things that come into play. So yeah, like every week. Do you know what? Has there ever been a season where it's a good idea to make early transfers? Because this season, every week is. Last minute, last minute, last minute. Yeah. Um, Sometimes, yeah, like in previous seasons, I've definitely done it early doors where there's been like, I know that there's no, like before COVID was even a thing a couple of years ago and there's no midweek games, like there's no like cup or Champions League. Then all you're sort of worrying about is an injury in training, but they're much less likely. So you could kind of take a gamble, especially if you like, if you'd save two free transfers and then you wanted to make, say, three transfers for a minus four. And the three you were going to bring in were all going to go up in price. And the three you were going to take out were going to go down. That's not just saving 0.1. That's saving 0.6, which is actually pretty huge. Yeah. So in those situations, I'd definitely go for it. And likewise, um, you know, when the game weeks are quite close together, when there's like a midweek fixture and then fixtures on the Saturday, there's not much time between for training or even news to break. So on those scenarios, you can, once all the Premier League games have been played, you know, there's obviously not going to be cup games or much training or European games. So you can kind of go for early then. But yeah, generally speaking, it's always been a, you know, a lot of play, a lot of people have all, always sort of lived and died by making later transfers, and uh, other players have, you know, tried to jump on the building team value bandwagon in other seasons. But yeah, like I said, this at the minute, there's postponements to so many games. The UK is ravaged with COVID, which means you know all these players live in the UK, so it could could affect them. We've seen so many, how many games have we seen cancelled? Fulham have had two. Um, Man City had one, didn't they? there's been loads of cancellations and more could easily come you just don't know so yeah wait definitely wait so there's one more player I just want to mention other in United other than maybe people who want to consider defenders and if you want to consider defenders it has to be Wan-Bissaka or Maguire for Neil Dawn purposes yeah uh, Shaw and Tellis save game sorry just but in Shaw and Tellis rotate in that sort of left back role so as good as an option as Shaw might be because Shaw takes corners and so does Tellus I think when he's on as well mm. Tellus has an absolute wicked wicked yeah. cross on him and great player I, I can't still can't get my head around why he isn't getting game time kind of like Donny Van maybe he, he had COVID and he's been eased in maybe so maybe he'll yeah. take over more full time soon but yeah like because they do rotate a little bit they're players that you've got to avoid unless one gets like a long term injury then all of a sudden the other one's a really good option Lindelof was a decent cheap option at one point but he's now um, I don't know if he's going to be back from that injury so maybe you could look out for injury news there but yeah you said there was apart from the defenders you were going to highlight someone else yeah and I, I'm not saying this is a good shout and I wouldn't go here personally but I, c- I could see someone arguing it with me is Paul Pogba He's back, he's playing, you know, since game week 11, he's only actually missed out in one week. Now, he isn't getting big returns, but he's had a couple of assists. Do you know, he always looks a bit threatening. He's only 7.7 as opposed to, you know, Rashford and Bruno, who are 9.5 plus. Yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't go there, but it would not surprise me if we see 
a Paul Pogba of old because he does play that wee bit deeper with Bruno on the pitch but if he's out in the left like he was last week and if he is being a bit more attacking yeah. in the box he's he's brilliant at drawing fouls maybe he'll win more penalties I, I don't know I just don't think he's the worst option in the world but there was a stat from um, I think the commentator said it in live in, in the game uh, the last Man United game that was played it was um, something along the lines of it was the most it was the most shots inside the box he'd taken um, ever for Man United or it was either that or the most touches he'd had inside the box either way my point being is that and watching the game you can see it as well he was actually playing in a position where he was getting into the box a lot more linking up with players get, he obviously got fouled for the penalty uh, but yeah the link up with players was there for assists and he, he also had a shot that he was really annoyed with himself for missing it was like a th- it was on maybe the, like the penalty spot and he just kind of put it couple of yards wide in the end but it was a really decent chance especially for a player with his ability so yeah he's back in the team playing with a bit of confidence now playing yeah you know overall playing well FPL wise you know he got the assist for the penalty and not he hasn't really scored that many but we saw his one you know his wonder goal against West Ham essentially is what it was wasn't it like a side foot with power from 25-30 yards top corner he, like I said, he, he could have easily scored in, in the last game. So, yeah, I could definitely see that being an option. And maybe one, you know, if you want to have a bit of fun, you want a free hit, you know, why not have a bit of fun on a free hit? Because you're not committed long-term then. I wouldn't maybe want to be committed long-term to Pogba until I knew he was going to play every week and I could see more confidence in front of goal back and more goals flying in, etc., etc. But, yeah, for one week, well, uh, <clears throat> sorry, one week free hit punt, definitely. Yeah, you could do worse. We'll move on to the next fixture, Wes. Uh, Wolves are up against Everton. Now, for me, Wolves have looked particularly flat this season. Pedro Neto, I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, bagged another Mm. assist last week. Again, I don't know about an FPL option, maybe for six million. Don't know if I'd put him in this week. I think this this fixture is a a one-each all over it or something like that. But um, just whenever I look at Wolves, for me, Neto is the player that looked stands out as someone who's going to go to the next level one day yeah but that that's not fpl talk really when i look at wolves there's no one i really want size maybe in defense has been had a good couple of weeks getting goals i don't know what do you think very good yes size has got a fair few goals this season i remember earlier on in the season i i had size and um yeah and he scored a couple in the more recent weeks He, he dropped out the team for a little while um, but again he came back in and yeah he's definitely their best goal threat as a defender so if you're looking at a Wolves defender on a free hit then yeah definitely if you're looking if, if you want a Wolves player long term as well I guess he's their best defensive option but again I'm a little bit worried about I don't know why he lost his place for so long and now he's got it back am I worried that he'll lose it again yes a little bit but like yeah if you're pulling it back to those on a free hit then um He's the probably the defender of choice. And like I said, in midfield, you've got Neto and Podence, who they're, they're really strange. Like you watch them play, and they're just like unreal footballers and play. Re- you know, they look really exciting. And like you say, they're going to be sort of really good when they're, you know, a bit older, I guess. But they're not, they're just not really getting loads of FPL returns, are they? But yeah, again, on a, on a free hit, they're definitely worth considering because they are still cheap. They're playing an Everton side who aren't. Um, in the best form at the minute, they're you know they're missing some key players, creatively certainly. I know that doesn't sort of help from defensive point of view, but creatively they're 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 missing Luca Dean who provides a lot of crosses. There, Hamas Rodriguez has come back now, but not fully back, is he? And then Richarlison's been in and out the team with 
you know injuries so uh, which has affected Calvert Lewin as well but yeah Wolves uh, they haven't really there's no strikers to pick from there because there's the youngster Fabio Silva but um, I wouldn't be going there I don't know about you John yeah, I'm I'm not really looking at either of these teams, Wolves or Everton. They're both teams that I think when you look at the crest and you look at the name and you see a fixture with including one of them, based on previous seasons, you kind of go, oh, geez, there could be goals, oh, that's exciting. But this season, particularly Everton in recent weeks, Everton came out of the blacks flying, like, but in recent weeks, the last six weeks or so, and maybe if I look at this, the numbers, maybe they're different, but to me, they both seem very flat. Um, they both seem to be lacking that creativity, that cutting edge. Obviously, one's lost Jimenez. Um, the other one has maybe not had the likes of, of Rodriguez and Richarlison firing all cylinders. If, if they come back into that Everton side, maybe Calvert-Lewin starts doing a bit more. He's the only one that I have out of either of these teams and probably one of the only ones I've had all season. Ah, to be fair, Rodriguez early in the season. But... I think Calvert-Lewin is a debate a lot of people are having now. It's, what, five games on the bounce without a goal, albeit he had three assists in that time. But he's not hitting the heights and getting the goals he was, and a lot of that is down to who's on the pitch with him. So what do you think of Calvert-Lewin if you have him? Is it a stick-or-twist sort of situation? This this feels like, to me, kind of earlier in the season, when you jumped off certain bandwagons and I stayed on, I feel like this is one of those that you'd say, get out of there, and I'm kind of like, oh, I'll hang on for another couple. And I'll regret it. Yeah. I got rid of Calvert Lewin a couple of game weeks ago. Uh, a, because of his form, had dipped, like, you, like you've alluded to, because of the players around him, blah, blah, blah. And maybe because of himself as well. Um, and I was also then targeting the doubles. So I don't know which player, to, if, you know, let's just say in a hypothetical world, there was no double game weeks and, and blanks and stuff like that. I would have still taken out Calvert Lewin for, um, you know, all the kind of replacements out there. So there's. You know, Ings has now come out from injury, scored last night. Um, Fardy, obviously, I've already got him. But um, I, I went for Martial because of his, you know, his form was looking okay. And Man United had a double. But yeah, like I said, what I'm trying to get at is even without the double coming up, I would have I would have moved on. And I did move on, uh, Calvert-Lewin. Um, so yeah, it's one one of those where now it's, it's probably a tough time to get rid of him right now because he's actually a player who's playing. So, you know, if your scenario, you've got roughly eight or nine players playing this week before you make a transfer, um, the sensible thing to do would probably be probably be to take out one of those who is obviously blanking for someone who's not and then keeping Calvert-Lewin one more week. And I think that would be that, you know, people who have built towards this blank game week who have maybe nine or ten players and have Calvert-Lewin are possibly looking to keep him one more week and then maybe getting rid for a double game week player. So that could be could be an option. But yeah, I wouldn't. He's not like at one stage I was fearing not having Calvert Lewin because of how highly owned he was and how, yeah, he just looked amazing. But yeah, now he's looking much flatter, like you said. Um, and yeah, likewise with Wolves, just, they did just score three goals away at Brighton. But again, it wasn't really from assets you'd be, um, you can sort of, it wasn't like a striker bagging a hat trick or a midfielder bagging a brace or something. It was a goal from Roman Sace. It was a an own goal with a, Neto assist it was a, a penalty which Ruben Nevis t- took but you know Ruben Nevis isn't a, an FPL option he's he's got penalties whilst Jimenez is out but that's all he's got really so yeah but yeah kind of went off on a tangent there but back to the Calvert-Lewin thing you know generally speaking and for the long term I would be looking to yeah move him on but you know if you've got all this way with him and he's one of your blank game players and you you want to be changing out someone else keeping one more week wolves away isn't uh, an awful fixture could get you something there 
and then look to maybe move him on for a double game week player because in the double game week you you will have loads of options. There will be Danny Ings who's a similar price. There will be uh, you know Vardy if you haven't got him. Let's just bring a pair for who's got a double. Um, there will be obviously you know maybe Firmino from Liverpool. He's got a double. Chelsea strikers no one there really because Tammy Abraham, Werner and Giroud all rotate and no they're not firing. Uh, Leicester I've already said Vardy. Southampton I've already said Ings. West Ham. Antonio's coming back from injury but he's a bit injury prone so I'd personally avoid him and then you've got Leeds who obviously haven't already got Bamford Bamford uh, but they've also got Rodrigo up there who's doing really well on the underlying stats as well getting a lot of shots away so uh, you know I, to see two lead strikers I'd happily have two lead strikers in my team actually I nearly got Rodrigo instead of Martial and I'm kind of wishing I did now because then I'd have probably three million in the bank now for Man City players so um, although Martial's got me the more points in that time i possibly rather have Rodrigo now going forward uh, so yeah there's options out there for replacements for Calvert-Lewin what I'm saying is and then next week when they're doubling yeah that could be a good time to get rid when they'll have Aston Villa away which is you know they've been pretty good defensively then they try then they've got Leicester at home again not a great fixture for Calvert-Lewin followed by followed up by then Newcastle and Leeds so his fixtures do get a little bit better but yeah I'd be moving on. Yeah, I, th- I think the Dominic Calvert Lewin's one I'm definitely going to have to look into, but I will be keeping for this week more out of necessity than want. But one other notable mention, uh, and we'll fly on from it, is Luca Dina. He's obviously been gone as well. We were saying about how Rodriguez was out, Richarlison was out. Luca Dina was a, an absolute fiend for assisting Dominic Calvert Lewin and, and everyone else in the team with five assists in the, the opening sort of nine games, and they didn't even yeah. play them all. So I think whenever Everton have all their players back playing, they could be a force again. But at the minute, they're kind of in no man's land. And it's it's a bit disheartening when you've got them in your FPL team. Mm-hmm. Next team up is an exciting one to talk about. It's another one of those par four, as I'm going to keep calling them, Wes. Uh, Man yeah. City. So Man City riddled with COVID, uh, but still Man City. And they're still yeah. playing Brighton. So looking at this week, they look great looking long term they've probably got the best fixtures over the common sort of six or seven game weeks so in terms of City's fixtures it's uh, obviously week 18 now and they've got Brighton at home in the double they've got two more home fixtures Crystal Palace and Aston Villa then they've got West Brom away then Sheffield United at home and then Burnley away so it's you know it's all the sort of lesser teams I know Villa are obviously having a, a good season but you know let's just say we we see that as a tough fixture. It's still part of a double with Crystal Palace at home. And then outside of that, there's really good fixtures as well. On top of that, they look at, their, you know, they're getting, from an attacking point of view, they haven't been their best this season, but they did just put in a really good attacking performance against Chelsea. Um, and they nearly also backed it up with a clean sheet. They've got one of the best defences this year. So from from a point of view of FPL assets, there's loads to pick from. I really like um, Cancelo. Mm. as uh, probably the best defensive option. There's cheaper options in players like Stones, but although Stones has been nailed so far, and I do think he's nailed in the short term, I just don't know. I think there's like Ake and Laporte waiting wait there. If John Stones slips up or John Stones gets another one of his injuries, then it could be one of those transfers you end up regretting. So I, I prefer, if you can afford it, to go for the more expensive option in Cancelo. He's a similar or maybe an exact same price. I think they, they might be by 5.7. Diaz is actually 5.8 now. But yeah, Cancelo and Diaz. Uh, now, the reason I like Cancelo, especially short-term, is Walker's out with COVID, which is good for Cancelo, means less rotation, because Cancelo, Walker and Mendy were kind of rotating those full-back positions. Cancelo can play either side, but you know there was definitely one game where Cancelo missed out 
to Mendy slash Walker. Uh, but yeah, even and COVID aside, even when everyone's fit, Cancelo's relatively nailed. We know what Pep's like. He loves to rotate. But yeah, Cancelo's one of the best players from an attacking point of view. He flies forward, um, you know, created loads of chances in a recent game. Not so much the Chelsea won the one before, I think. I forget who they play. But yeah, he looks like a really good option. Diaz is kind of the safer centre-back nailed on option. But I personally prefer Cancelo and that's where I'll be looking on my free hit and long term if possible yeah so yeah yeah uh sorry just I'll just quickly run through some midfielders and strikes oh, yeah. like of um so it's going to sound, sound obvious to say about some of these players but equally they haven't been necessarily great picks all season long so far so De Bruyne hasn't been a, a you know a, a great pick all season long he started off well away at Wolves he's he then had like a little bit of an injury issue he has only just scored he scored his first goal first Premier League goal in open play against Chelsea and it's taken him what sort of 15 you know Man City have got a few games in hand haven't they so maybe maybe 15 games um, which is a long time for you know how expensive he is if he wasn't on penalties that would be his that would be his first goal of the season essentially and he'd have backed that up with eight assists which is good but you know even his his tally of eight assists this season um, I'm pretty sure Bruno Fernandes has eight and so does Vardy. Jamie Vardy, who's not really associated with assists, has got as many as Kevin De Bruyne. Plus, you know, Vardy's got 11 goals. And my point being there is that, yeah, De Bruyne hasn't been a great option. Look, if you look at his scores up until this week, the last four weeks before now was three points, four points, five points, three points. So he's been um, definitely disappointed for his price. But now he's back in, back on form in that game. Um, hopefully Man City back on form and the fixtures are really good so he's now become a really good option again likewise with Sterling he's still probably a differential Sterling I remember he's been like owned by under 5% for most of the season yeah 5.1% now so he's gone up a little bit but again on a free hit if you put him in you know you've got how you know how often will you have a chance to have Raheem Sterling as a differential and he's a player who you know he's capable of getting hat-tricks um at any time so you know you might want to go there slightly cheaper than De Bruyne a bit more goal orientated than De Bruyne obviously De Bruyne's more of an assister um, and you know Raheem's likely to score more goals you'd think uh, and Gundogan um, 5.4 million he's scored is it three goals in his last four game weeks it is yeah yeah so and it's pretty much not, it's 74 minutes in one of them but 90 minutes in the other three is he now an option? Is he playing a slightly different role? Is he getting more forward? Or are they kind of one-offs where is he going to regress to, you know, they are his only three goals in recent weeks. Is he going to regress to a kind of bench player slash getting the odd game slash when he does play, not even getting returns? I don't know. It's not like a bit like when you floated Pogba earlier. It's not me saying I'm going to go for him or saying he's an amazing option, but, you know, you can't ignore three goals in He's not in bad as bench fodder on a free hit, like... Yeah, exactly. If you've got money left over and you've got a city spot left over on a free hit, I'll probably be, probably be maxing out with the likes of Cancelo, De Bruyne, and maybe one other from City. But yeah, definitely an option there. So yeah, they're def- they're filled with options now. Foden, if we can be assured of his game time, I'm still not, so I'm not going to go there. But obviously, that's not me doubting his talent. And strikers, you know, Aguero, keep an eye on the cup games. If Aguero comes back in and plays, um, you know, sixty minutes in a cup game and then gets another maybe half half an hour in another cup game he's building his fitness back up and therefore he might you know be likely to start be starting games again i'm just not trusting 
Aguero with one of my striker spots long term at the minute, especially with his price. And like I've said already, Vardy, Kane doing the business um, and cheaper strikers are plentiful this year. Um, Callum Wilson, Bamford, etc. So, um, again, it's just all, all these things in FPL is what you've got to do. You can't just sort of say, oh, I've got a feeling Aguero is going to bang a hat-trick next game. You've got to actually assess the situation and assess the minutes he's getting in the cup and assess, right, is he now ready to start? Because people were talking about Aguero maybe two or three game weeks ago and I was saying, like, no chance. He, he wasn't an asset at those points at all. Um, it was stupid to consider him and it's proven true because I think he got, like, maybe 10 minutes against Chelsea. Just going to bring up his minutes. Four, yeah, four minutes against Chelsea, 13 against Newcastle, zero the week before, and then 40 minutes there. So he's got three FPL points in four game weeks. So if you'd have heard he's back from injury and back in the squad and brought him in for that West Brom at home game, thinking it's Aguero, it's West Brom at home, you'd have been sitting there on a player getting you absolutely next to nothing. So yeah, you've definitely got to wait until he's showing some sort of signs of being ready to start games. Yeah, I think you've you've literally hit all the, the names I would have hit, really. Uh, yeah. There's obviously to... Cancelo would be my pick in defence. I have him. Yeah. Diaz would be second choice. Yeah. A player that I would not be picking for FPL, and I do not recommend you do. But just an outside shout from John, Zinchenko to hit a monster in the next few weeks. I'm just said it. You're going to be like, what? Do not pick him for FPL. But cracking player doesn't get enough game time there. I think he'll move and get to have a great career. But there's an outside shout for you. Um. <laughs> Not for FPL, just for everyday like football watching. Uh, yeah, De Bruyne, Sterling. Do you know De Bruyne and Sterling are the the go to picks here? But obviously the likes of Mares, Foden could have a monster haul. That that's what they do. You don't know if they'll play. If they do, they always threaten. And then Jesus, obviously, I think is going to be out. So Aguero uh, looks like do you know if he was to get minutes, we could have an Aguero sort of. I don't know a big Aguero haul of old, but. I don't know. I wouldn't be picking him until I was until I literally heard it from Pep that he's playing, which you will never yeah. hear. Exactly. I'd say that. I think you need to just be asking yourself: Who are they going to play up top? I mean, maybe would they stick Bernardo Silva up top again? Will Will they stick Sterling up front? Probably Sterling. Yeah. They had uh, the last game. Kevin De Bruyne played that sort of false nine against Chelsea. Did he? I, I was. I only looked at flash scores, and they had Bernardo Silva up top in their kind of map, and I thought that was kind of strange. But yeah, that no, was definitely um, De Bruyne because especially there was an interview after the game where he spoke about it and how it's not a position. He kind of said something along the lines of, you know, it's not a position he plays often, but he's happy to do it. Um, and I think Pep praised him for playing wherever he's doing to play in multiple positions as well. Um, so yeah, you know that's that's Man City. Loads of good assets there. I definitely recommend them for the long. T- I recommend for all strategies now. So say if you're on a wild card, getting two or three City. If you're on a free hit, getting two or three City. If you're not using any chips but just using free transfers, targeting City players because of their their like you've kept saying, John. They're one of the powerful teams who play this week and then double. And they've got a really good fixture run for the next sort of five, six, seven games. So, and they're, you know, they're City and they're looking back to form, defensive form, attacking form. So, yeah, they're ticking every single box. And I'm now getting worried that I have none of none of them in my team currently, but I will be changing that. I know. I'm thinking like I could go Son to De Bruyne, but then that's getting mm. rid of Son. Yeah, that's what I don't want to do when he's got Villa and Sheffield. I don't know. I've got a headache. Uh, next up Brighton for me this is a case of I'm happy to just literally fly on past there's no yes. one I want um, yeah let's sack him off there's because... literally there's there's no one yeah is there anyone I mean if well, we're they're, trying they're, to be nice if you're on a free hit you're not you don't want to be picking players playing City and 
and then they they don't have a double the next game either. So, you know, why would you go there? I guess the only good thing about Brighton is that they've got a playing keeper for 4.4 million. So if you were really, and I'm pretty sure all the other playing goalkeepers are like 4.5-ish, you know, apart from obviously Fraser Force has just had a game and so is Darren Randolph. But apart from, and I'm not even sure what Darren Randolph is, but yeah, in terms of Sanchez is now the number one keeper and he's only 4.4 million. So at some point that might be, you know, if you need to have a cheap if you can't afford a 4.5 4.6 keeper that's the only thing I can say for Brighton Lamptey was a good option at one point he's out um, uh, yeah. Trossard just got a couple of assists but can't trust him for game time particularly um, Aston Villa wears yeah. let's, <laughs> let's fucking fly past that um, yeah. yeah so sorry Aston to Villa. any Brighton fans out there Aston Villa yeah, so they've obviously got a couple of tough fixtures of Spurs and of Everton and of Man City. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have the double, they do have the single, but like they're, they're a cracking team and they can get a result against anyone. And I think looking longer term past those fixtures, you know, and they've got Burnley, Southampton, West Ham. I don't think like I'd be rushing to get them in if I didn't have them long term. I already have Martinez. I'm going to keep him. He he can keep a clean sheet against anyone, and if he doesn't, he'll get fourteen thousand saves. Martinez is a great great shout. Um, he's now rocketed up to about five million as well. So he's kind of put himself into a different bracket than you know. If you were looking at a keeper now, he's now more you know much more expensive than the likes of McCarthy. Um, but yeah, no, he's a great option. But yeah, no, carry on. You know, with your yeah, I was just. Players. I mean, I wouldn't fancy the defense to do too much. Uh, the reason I have Martinez is because even if they're they're busy and concede a few goals, he'll make the saves. But in terms of defense, I, I like them this season. I really do. But I wouldn't be bringing them in now with Tottenham, who are going to score goals. Everton have a good chance of a clean sheet. Man City doubtful. Burnley clean yeah. sheet. You know, so I wouldn't be. No, I, I, if you I have I disagree, them, I disagree on defenders because there's been games where Spurs have definitely struggled to break sides down. There's a double game week in 19, so they've got the double, they've got the single and the double, and they've got and also price wise as well. They're not they're not priced like Man City and Liverpool defenders. They're priced around the sort of 4.5 to 5 million mark. So you know if you're comparing them to others in that price bracket, there's, there's definitely options there with the likes of Konza popping up with the odd goal, um, Target who's on four yellows but he's cheap. Mings and Cash maybe a little bit overpriced, but you know Villa have been fairly good defensively this year. They got they got a clean sheet away at Arsenal. They beat, obviously, Liverpool at home, so they can do it. They've got a bit of previous in bigger fixtures. Um, and in terms of, cle- because of how you know how many clean sheets they've got so far this year, was that eight clean sheets? Pretty good. So I don't think you can bet against their defence, especially, as, like you say, after, if you look at their fixtures, after the double, so it's game week 18 and 19. Yeah, maybe not on a free hit this week because it is Tottenham, but, you know, the double next week, Everton home, that could be good. And then after that, week 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, pretty good. Burnley, Southampton, West Ham, Arsenal, Brighton. Not the best, not the worst. So for me, if I had Aston Villa defenders, I'd keep them. Yeah. If I didn't have them and it was free hitting, I personally wouldn't have the stones to pick them against Tottenham. No. If I, I wouldn't even have the stones to bring them in based on the game week 18, 19. That's just me. But I would be looking to bring them in. If I didn't have them, they're a great option from game week 20 onward for me. So that's where I'm at um, if I had them I wouldn't be shipping them but I'm not going to bring them in till game week 20 now even though I do have a free slot there and I kind of need a defender around that price but I could be proven wrong do you know they've definitely been the surprise package of this season I think after the do you know last season they get out a jail free card and then 
what they've done this season's been amazing. But yeah. mo- moving up the pitch anyway to less kind of controversial matters, Jack Grealish, who I've sort of loved every week, El Ghazi at 5.8 has looked dangerous for a few weeks now. Uh, Very he, good on penalties. Yeah. Bertrand Traore as well, 5.9, has bagged three goals in his last four and got an assist as well. A bunch of bonus points. Um, you know, they, they've got options. Yeah. They have got options going forward. Watkins is breaking people's hearts and making people's days um, very rarely. And you know, there's just a lot going on in this team, isn't there? But yeah, like I said, El Ghazi, he's only, like, you know, he wasn't playing the first sort of seven game weeks of the season. Then he started getting some game time off the bench and then maybe coinciding with Ross Barkley being out. I'm not too sure, but he came off the bench against Wolves, scored a last minute penalty, wasn't it? Then he started the next five games playing 80 plus minutes in each of those and scoring he's got five goals a season in only the equivalent of about you know five full games so he's virtually averaging a goal every 90 minutes a goal every 95 minutes so you know pretty good from that point of view as long as you know you can rely on him to be nailed on now and like you said at 5.8 million he's definitely one to be to be looking at for the double yeah so is there anything else you want to cover with Feller? or we move to Spurs yeah, I think so, because like you said, Grealish, we all know about Grealish. El Ghazi's been exciting, Traore's been exciting, Watkins is reliable to play 90 every week, and he's looking dangerous. Once he starts improving his finishing, he's going to be very good. And there's still some cheap defensive options you know, for, for the longer term when the fixtures turn. Spurs, I would be looking again further up the pitch here. The defenders, there's no one really truly nailed, and those that are are very boring players to have in FPL, the centre-backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, anyway, I mean, Reguillon, been in and out of the team a wee bit. Seemed pretty nailed for a long part of the season, but, you know, then it's been rotated the last four weeks. And I think he might have been part of that COVID party was part as of well. the COVID party, and there's been a lot going on there. Yeah, didn't play versus Leeds, only 14 minutes against Liverpool recently, so I don't think he's a player you can hang your hat on. They've Alderweireld yeah. and they've Dyer, right? But then outside that, they've Reguillon and Davies competing and they've Aurier and Doherty competing on the other side. Yeah. So for me, I, I always just skim past there. Spurs is a great one, but a boring one at the same time, in that human son and Harry Kane are really the only two places I'd be looking further up the pitch. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we we know what these guys can do. Obviously, Kane and Son, we don't need to tell you how you know clinical they've been, how lethal they've been. Kane's getting loads more assists than he's ever got this year. They've combined now for I think they've just joint, they've just broke the record or just maybe joint record for you know co- combinations for goals in a Premier League season, and we're not even halfway through. So you know the, the fact that they've broke that record at this stage of the season is phenomenal. Um, yeah, they're players that I haven't got in my team. They hurt me every time they do well. Obviously, this week, we'll, we'll talk about our teams a bit later on, but yeah, this week, them doing well was the difference between a red and a green arrow, essentially. If those two blank, I get a green. If they smash it, I got a red. Um, but yeah, like you said, I don't think we need to touch on Tottenham too much uh, in terms of anyone else apart from those two. But looking at their fixtures, they're kind of in a decent spot in terms of they've got Aston Villa away this week, which again is, we know is a tough fixture now, but it's not, it's, there's still goals in there for those two. And they've got in, you know, when everyone's got the double uh, next week, a lot of players will be like, like myself, I'm, I'm attacking those doubles, but there's e- equally a very good argument to keep the likes of Kane and Son for, you know, they're playing the worst team in the league. They're playing Sheffield United that week. So they could easily match. I guess you kind of want to look at Tottenham as one of those teams that, almost have a double game week because their single game week fixture is so good. They're playing a, a really weak Sheffield United team and, and could easily smash that. Um, after that, they've got then 
Liverpool at home. Liverpool are a bit hit and miss at the minute. They've got Brighton away, Chelsea at home, who again are a bit hit and miss. So it's hard to know how those wins will go. Maybe they're maybe they're good fixtures for Spurs. Yeah, I th- I kind of will be. I'm finding it really really hard to ship these guys. I'm one of the probably. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm one of the few because there's definitely a lot of people who have both, but of people I know and of people I'm competing with, um, yeah. I'm one of the few that I that I am aware of in my immediate circle is what I'm trying to say to you that have both mm. still. A lot of people have crumbled and got rid of at least one. Maybe yeah. Facilitate Salah, KDB, and Bruno. Um, whenever they were all the talk of the town. Exactly. Maybe for Jamie Vardy's. Maybe for there's other players out there. Yeah. They certainly pretty probably possibly hasn't been wrong because in terms of the Spurs players they. They unfortunately got the postponement, didn't they, last week? So essentially yeah. blank. I think they blanked in the previous two weeks. So they've kind of repaid your faith now, haven't they, with a, a good score against Leeds. But if they'd have blanked that game, I think a lot of people would have been getting rid of following on yeah. a few blanks. But yeah, they're definitely good options. Like and Villa, for my yeah. team, sorry, just to bring it back to, just to butt in in terms of my own plans for the Spurs guys, I'm definitely going to be, after the double's gone and I've brought in some City players, I'll definitely be looking at bringing in uh, either Kane or Son, I think, just because I do really like them as assets. And if I can, depends on the price structure and how the rest of my team's doing. But I could definitely see a stage of, you know, if Salah keeps, Salah's had a quiet, and Liverpool have had a quiet couple of weeks. So if that continues, I could definitely see me doing Salah to Son, freeing up some cash, and um, then making the rest of my squad a lot better while still having, you know, an equal slash maybe even a better asset than Salah in the, in the likes mm-hmm. of Son. Yeah, I'm, I'm, as I say, I'm, I'm finding it hard to get rid of them, and I don't really want to because they just—they're just so consistently. They're so consistent. And I know they do blank occasionally, but I mean, like Kane and Son, Kane and Son, Kane and Son. It's like remember whenever Adama and Jimenez is a thing, or like yeah. So there's been there's these like that. That was just a partnership of maybe last season, even though Adama. Like they never hit the heights of these guys, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's always nice having a complimentary pair of players like that. Um. But yeah, look, based on time, I could talk about them for ages, but based on time and with a couple more things to do, we'll just fly through this Arsenal-Crystal Palace fixture. Um, do you know, Arsenal's youngsters are looking brilliant. They really are. Saka, who I started this season with on my bench um, for the first few weeks, I actually think I got the eight-pointer from him in game week four, has looked amazing in the last three weeks. Yeah, uh, They've obviously got Smith Rowe there, who's getting a few assists. He's three assists in his last three. Lacazette is in good goal scoring form. Do you know there's a, there's a lot to think about in yeah. Arsenal. No, I really like Arsenal now. They've they've turned a corner following the the Chelsea win, I believe. They're playing a different formation now, which is getting the best out of Tier uh, Kieran Tierney playing four at the so against West Brom. It's four at the back with Smith Rowe as the number ten, which made them much more creative. It meant, meant that Tierney wasn't playing as one of a back three of centre-backs, and then they'd have someone like maybe Maitland-Niles playing on the left wing-back or even Saka out of position there. Now they're playing 4-2-3-1 kind of thing. Um, with Tierney bombing on against West Brom, obviously he got 18 points and you know fully deserved them, if not more. He was putting in cross after cross, getting forward, scored a wonderful goal. They looked okay defensively. Okay, it was against, obviously, West Brom, so can't take too much there. Um so yeah, Tierney is a really good option, especially if you're on a free hit. Palace at home, no worries about sort of long-term things. If you know if Arsenal decide to go back to being shit, then you're not stuck with stuck with them. Saka is actually the Arsenal's highest scoring midfielder um, at 5.3 million. He's one I had for the first few game weeks as well, but just wasn't nailed on at that stage, was he? Um, no. And yeah, Smith Rowe, I want to highlight. I think you might have touched on him, but again, I don't like him as well. 
I don't necessarily like him as a long-term option because I don't know if he's going to start getting. Uh, can I see him playing, you know, 90 minutes every single game week for the rest of the season? I don't think so. I think there'll possibly be some rotation there. I don't know. Uh, but my point is he's 4.4 million and he plays in this single game week. So if you're looking to get a fifth midfielder in for the longer term, then yeah, he's good good enough to sit on your bench. If you're looking for a player, again, probably possibly for the bench, or you could even start in this game week, but on a free hit... There's definitely no risk there, but yeah, his price, if he was like 5.4, I wouldn't be talking about him that much, but he is 4.4 million, which you can't really get a cheaper midfielder apart from one who's maybe 4.3, 4.2, who doesn't play. So 4.4 is as cheap as you can get. He's come back into the Arsenal team and made a big difference. Starting the last three games, uh, an assist, a blank, and then two assists. So he's got the potential for points and he's a cut price. So yeah, on that free hit, you, you you know, you might be trying to squeeze in, say, Sterling and De Bruyne, and you really need to save that money on that bench midfield player, then Smith Rowe is definitely one to look at. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with all that. If he wasn't 4.4, we wouldn't be talking about him. Yeah. Uh, and we, we've covered the other players there at Arsenal, I think, really. Yeah. Just based on time, we could probably go in much further, but we're coming up on an hour here, and we've still got some questions to go through and, and a brief yeah, let's look crack at our on teams. Then. Crystal Otherwise, Palace. You know, we could talk about them nah. a bit more. Palace, is there anyone who jumps out at you there? N- not particularly. Uh, they don't have a double either coming up. They've got Arsenal away in the single and Arsenal back on form. Crystal Palace's defence has been pretty woeful this season. Not many clean sheets. They face City in the double game week as well. So no, avoid those. There's 3.9 Mitchell who's getting game time again. Maybe a bench follow option. There's Zaha, we know what he can do. But nah, let's move on from Palace to the other sections of the pod. Yeah, so the next section is purely a quick run through our teams from the week. Now, we we, we purposely leave this a bit later in the podcast because I know I can bore the tits off some people. Uh, we won't go too in-depth. We've already discussed most of the players. But yeah. for me, just to start it this week, I got 68 points. It was 72 with a minus four. Uh, small green arrow up to about 210k-ish now. Martinez in goal. Dallas. Walker-Peters coming in with that clutch. A clean sheet that made me very happy. Uh, he came off my bench. Lovely. Cancelo didn't do much. Then I, the Sun Kane double up. Uh, Kane as captain, which was lovely. Bruno got me 10 points. Grealish got me 7. Rashford blanked. Calvert-Lewin blanked. Bamford blanked. And I had Forster and Suchek on my bench. Um, which is a bit shit. But look, that, that that's the third or fourth haul of Sucheks I've had on the bench. Maybe he'll start getting, getting starts for me. Lighton and Lewis, the other two that didn't get game time. You've had a you've had a good week there, and like I was touching on earlier, when when you haven't got Kane and Son, and they do like for yourself, they did really well there. Especially one of them was your captain, that's got you that green arrow this week. Without that, it would be yeah. So everything kind of rested, not everything, but a lot of your game week rested on that plum fixture at home to Leeds, and they delivered for you. So yeah, well played there. Kept your nerve and held them. Uh, for me, yeah, I'm happy with that. Sorry, just for me, uh, yeah, small green, small red arrow, but. Equally, I'm not too bothered because on the whole, over the last sort of 10 weeks, I've rose so rapidly that I'm still happy to be sitting at 36k. Dropped down from, I was 22k going into the week, now 36k. I've got 57 points. So without, and like I said, there was always going to be a game week where Son and Kane, um, you know, punished me. I got very fortunate the week before when they uh, got the game got called off. So I can't grumble too much at those two having a good week. I had Sojic starting and Fernandez starting pretty good. Vardy captain over Salah. I possibly should have looked at Fernandez, obviously. Um, easy to set up with hindsight, I guess. But Villa, I thought, was the harder fixture. Vardy away in Newcastle, got me an assist at least. Looked pretty threatening, scored an offside goal. He was like, you know, a good yard offside, but he was fairly threatening. 
um, and he outscored my vice captain, which I always like because they're like the two I was between. Martial grabbed me a goal, no bonus, but I'll take that. And I started Lauten, who obviously got the game got uh, postponed. So Kufel uh, again, I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. So someone tweet me, please. And um, Forster, I had the McCarthy Forster double up. So that was the whole purpose of having that double up from the start of the season. You know, the Southampton keeper and the backup saved money. And for times, I said it on previous pods, I'm not McCarthy, if he ever gets COVID, Forster comes in. Um, obviously, I wasn't really expecting a six-pointer against Liverpool. I was kind of hoping for, a, you know, one of those three-pointers where they maybe concede, but a few save points. But, you know, likewise, uh, sorry, just just happy to get the six points, really, from, from Forster. But yeah, that's our teams now. And now it's all about, you know, going forward, it's going to be a lot different because I'm going to be free-hitting this week. And then looking to look into the double game week. My team's kind of set up for the double game week, so um, we'll bounce back in there. I've got a couple of issues with Balbuena, who was going to be one of my bench boost options, losing his place. McCarthy now COVID that can sometimes drag on. If you think Newcastle, Saint Maximum still, and Lascelles, I think are still struggling. Uh, you know, a few months in with with COVID issues, so. You never know how that's going to pan out. So I might just abandon the bench boost plan and get 11 strong double game week players out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm flexible with the, with the bench boost plan. If my bench is looking really poor, just save the bench boost, easy, and maybe look to triple captain. Yeah, it's uh, for me, it's a case of I've got 10 starters this week, albeit Jamal Lewis is a bit, hmm, mm. don't know if he'll get the game, but if he does, 10 starters, hopefully. Um, I'm probably just going to go for it this week and just just leave that run double game week next week i have a lot of players with the the double a couple of good strong singles in kane and son i'm gonna try and get through this as chip free as possible i'll see i'll see how the the lay of the land next week um how many players i've got how many point hits i'd need to take etc for potential bench boosts or maybe a triple captain could be on the cards but i mean if i can justify getting through this without any chips i mean i'm i'd be really happy keeping them because I think this is going to be the most... I don't think... I'm, I'm not exactly shedding light on some massive fact here. The most mm. disrupted season in football his, in, in, in recent FPL history. And I just don't think it's ever a bad idea. If you can get away with it, keeping someone up your sleeve. But the, the, the risk is that you don't get the opportunity and you've, you've missed it. I think you save those ones that can help sort of in crisis. You know, the triple captainship isn't going to help you in some sort of crisis situation. So you, if you're not going to play your bench boost, you, for me, it's a good enough double game week to play your triple captainship on the likes mm. of, you know, De Bruyne's got two good fixtures. Salah, you know, the th- a lot of the big hitters have double game weeks this week. The likes of Fernandez, Salah, De Bruyne. The only ones who don't have a, a double of Spurs players that you might want to triple captain later in the season. However... I don't think saving the things like the bench boost, if you can't get a good bench boost, absolutely. Saving free hit a wild card, absolutely, because they can help. Your team doesn't need those things, John, because you're, like you just said, you've already got 10 starters. So in your situation, free hit is definitely a, a bit of a waste. So yeah, saving those for sure. But once the double comes along, I wouldn't be scared to pull the trigger on that triple captain chip. Will you get a better option, better opportunity than, you know, Man City having two home games or Salah having two games, Bruno Fernandes having two games? I don't think they'll necessarily be they'll be maybe an equally as good opportunity but better i'm not sure yeah i think that the target no city fixtures are as good as it'll probably get this season on paper the issues may be their form in saying that they're obviously just coming off a 3-1 win at chelsea so i'm just thinking with the, the covid and everything else um and that they have been a bit hit or miss and in, in 
the, this sort of the last lack yeah. of game weeks. The, but I guess if there, if there is a double game week a bit later, you know, obviously the the vaccines getting rolled out across the UK. Uh, well, there's two vaccines being rolled out. One's already started. The other one starts today as we record. Or oh, sorry, was it yesterday? It's Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. So sorry, yesterday. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I think later on in the season, COVID is going to be much more under control. But yeah, likewise, I wouldn't if I'm not hearing any news about someone like Fernando Salah De Bruyne being out and those teams aren't having any issues. I would, I wouldn't be fearful of pulling the triple triple captain yeah. trigger. I'd say I'll play ad chip. We'll see how it works out. Yeah. The last part of the podcast then was is questions from listeners. Did we we looked at your team? We did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did mine. We did yours. Thank God. I thought it was very rude there. Um. So yeah, we got a few questions now. Shout out to everyone who gave us questions. But here's one for you. You see, if you want your question asked, don't give us like a really, really specific your team only problem, because that'll bore the tits off everyone, and we can't really ask it and talk about it. Um. People always just throw in like. Here, should I keep De Bruyne and get rid of my Salah for a minus eight plus? I could get Covert Lewin minus a size, do you know? And it's like, thank you so much for the engagement, guys. But that's we can't talk about that on a podcast. I'm sure you appreciate yeah. that. Um, FPL having strong benches has been advice from a lot of people during this uncertain season. Would you still recommend this on a free hit game week eighteen by having say thirteen or fourteen starters instead of the usual eleven? Or is this going to eat up valuable pounds that can be used to maximise other slots? No, it's still so there's there's still options who are cheap and play. Like I said about earlier, Smith Rowe is four point four. You can't you can maybe save a little bit of money on um on that. But likewise I'd be sticking him on my bench. There's Mitchell at Palace come back into the side now, three point nine million. You know, possibly not going to get anything away at Arsenal, but um he's three point nine million and he plays. So yeah, it's one of those where if you've got money sp- left over you might as well have a strong bench there's no point in having a cheapest chips bench if you've got the money there because you can still build a good squad without spending it all however if you want to be if you are tight for money don't just go and pick someone who's 3.9 million who doesn't even play this week you might as well pick Mitchell from Crystal Palace you might as well pick Smith Rowe from Arsenal Saka even Saka's cheap he's not like dirt cheap but yeah he's what 5.3 so there's loads of cheap options in these teams that can do well and like I touched on earlier rather than have him if money is tight and you need to stick in another cheap midfielder, you've got Burke there from Sheffield United. He's at least got a game this week. Um, but yeah, ideally, I think because it's a COVID season and because obviously before this... So say, for example, if you was free hitting on the week just gone and you wanted to play Alex McCarthy um, and you just didn't pick Fraser Force for his backup, that would have been um, obviously a mistake because we didn't know until after the deadline he had COVID. So news can break after the deadline. I definitely wouldn't be going into it with a, with four play, you know, a, a full bench of non-playing players. I'd definitely be having at least two outfield players and definitely a, a playing goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, where possible. Yeah, I'd have to agree there. I think there's enough cheap playing options out there that you should have a couple on your bench at least. Yeah. Uh, particularly the, the season that's in it everything else what we've seen over the last few weeks COVID cases, lockdowns, everything else decisions that have been made last minute. What I'd be doing if I was free hitting is leaving it last minute as long as as late as I could actually get away with um, in terms of like, you know, cementing that team in place. Like if you if you can kind of watch the news up towards the deadline, do yeah. make your changes and and have as many players playing as possible. Um, the, the way I like to do my free hit is, and I don't know if this is how you do it, Wes, I go in and I just put in all the big expensive players I must have and then I try and fit around that. Mm. 
that's how I like to do it. I know different people maybe go for their enablers first and then see what they can afford. I'm kind of like, I need my De Bruyne. I need, um, I need Harry Kane. I need Bruno, right? Where else can I go, do you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. And another thing I do as well, I think you kind of just touched on it, but just to sort of hammer it home, what I'm doing at the minute, because it's COVID season, because we just don't, obviously they've, you know, the government have come out and said that elite sport can continue, but equally our government changed their mind on a lot of things and COVID can change rapidly. So you just don't know. So I don't see any point in activating the free hit free hit chip early. So I'm definitely waiting until a day before then I'm doing it. But what I am doing is, I'm, you know, you can build drafts up until, you know, now just take screenshots on your phone or on your computer put all the players in you want the squad you want and once you've got, got one that you like and you're worried about maybe forgetting it just take a screenshot and then when it comes to the day before you pull that screenshot up do it again takes a few minutes and job done mm, jobs are good indeed so any other good questions there's there's lots of good questions it's more time now um are there any that jump out at you Wiz? best goalkeeper oh. for game week 18 from pl frenchy yep with two there yeah, brilliant. With that one, I have another one lined up too. So who's the best goalkeeper? So, yeah, I don't know about the best, but I'd probably be targeting fixtures and also looking at, again, it's budget dependent. So you, like you just alluded to, if you want the likes of De Bruyne, Son, Kane, Sterling, blah, 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 in this week on a on a free hit, you're going to be looking at a cheaper keeper rather than, say, if Edison was fit. You don't. You probably don't want to take up a, up a Man City slot with Edison, although I do predict that he will get you know, good points if he plays. So I'd be looking at a cheaper keeper again. Um, and again, sort of Palace's keeper plays Arsenal away. No thanks. Not at the minute with Arsenal back on form. So I'd probably be targeting that Sheffield United Newcastle fixture and probably going for Darlow, 5 million. Um, well, sorry, yeah, is Ederson guaranteed out with COVID? Not, I don't think it's guaranteed. So yeah, they have got, if, I don't know, yeah, I guess if we get news that he is out, then you could target the, the backup. point four. is he? Yeah, yeah. So that could be an option, but again, it does take up a valuable city slot if you did want to maximise the likes uh, of. Ah, you know, yeah. No, there's the killer. Can- it's not necessarily a bad idea. You could go Stefan Cancelo, De Bruyne, and definitely have a good free hit team. It just depends if you want that extra. Maybe you want Gundogan or Sterling if you can afford him or something. I don't know, but yeah, it's just one one to consider. So yeah, if if Edison's out and you can get a cheap Man City keeper, Stefan. But yeah, assuming Edison will be back by then because it is what a good week away. I do like Darlow just because he's playing Sheffield United. They've, played, they've scored the least amount of goals. Um, and yeah, looking at the other the other games, I'm just seeing, I just think that one stands out to me. Yeah. I'd say the last question we'd take, uh, because it's something we didn't actually cover. Who would you have as Game Week 18 free hit captain? And he says, and why KDB? Scott Sanders. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> I think he's assuming it's Kevin De Bruyne. Like, so, yeah, who would your captain be? Yes, so, yeah, Scott. Yeah, Scott's my brother-in-law, so he'll, uh, he'll be listening. And, um, yeah, we've been texting each other back and forth. He, he mug- He's a Man United supporter, but he mugged me off for bringing Martial in. So as soon as he scored, I was uh, sending the eyes open emoji to, to that. Um, and he did, and I've been <laughs> saying about De Bruyne not scoring from open play. And again, he as soon as he scored against Chelsea, he pulled me up on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess looking again, looking at all the fixtures in front of me now, Man City are you know the the premium team there with the best fixture. They're at home to Brighton. The other two bigger, you know, the other two teams with better assets. Um, sorry, sort of you know the more premium assets are sort of Man United and Spurs, who are both away at teams who might be a bit more. You know, are Spurs really going to go and score three or four against Villa? Probably not, but are Man City going to score three or four against Brighton? 
very high chance because it's Brighton and it's Man City back on form. And again, Burnley versus Man United, you could maybe see that being a bit more scrappy, one or two nil United or something like that. So yeah, I think he's right to target Man City. Um, but I wouldn't say it's as cut, you know, I possibly will end up with De Bruyne, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily as straightforward as, as just being De Bruyne. But I do, yeah, I do think a City asset this week is the best. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to look past De Bruyne this week. I mean, maybe Bruno, but Burnley are probably going to be a bit more resolute in defence than, than Brighton, one would imagine. But yeah, I think De Bruyne is where I'd be looking. And then if we're just to look ahead at game week 19, the double game week captain, it's probably going to be De Bruyne again, isn't it? Yeah, because of City's fixtures now are getting so, like I said, they're really good. So you could definitely be looking there. But equally, week 19, there's yeah, they've got a really good double. But you Someone like Fernandez. Okay, one of his games away is Liverpool. Not a great fixture, but Bruno away from home. They've got two away fixtures in the double. Bruno's been so consistent. Like I said, De Bruyne's only scored once from open play this year. Fernandez has scored many more. Um, Fernandez is getting as many assists as De Bruyne this year. So again, it's not you know De Bruyne's got the better fixtures, but I could see Fernandez outscoring De Bruyne in those weeks. Away to Fulham could do well. Away to Liverpool could do well. You know, get a lot of penalties. He's on penalties, so I definitely wouldn't be looking past um, past Bruno again. There's, there's going to be a lot. Of, yeah. It's going to be a lot harder next week in the double game week because you could make a case for you. You know, you could say Liverpool have got a double game week, so Salah has to be it. Blah blah blah. There's another one question I want to touch on, John from uh, Zico Lee, which says, "Do you think KDB is a good transfer uh, for in for Salah over the next four coming game weeks?" I think he said over Salah, but I'll kind of cover that off in terms of if you have Salah also. If you're looking at one or the other at the minute going forward, I think KDB over Salah just because of the fixtures and Salah's waning off a little bit. If you have Salah, it's harder to then, you know, remove him for KDB, but it's definitely a valid option um, there. So it's something that I'm potentially looking at because it frees up a, a bit of cash and it brings in, obviously, De Bruyne for those really good fixtures. And he, he also asked about if I'd go for Antonio or sorry, if we'd go for Antonio or Ings um, going forward, but yeah, for I assume he means the double there because obviously neither of those guys play this week. But yeah, I'd definitely be looking at Ings, much more reliable. Antonio's really injury prone. Hallers came in and played, you know, not great in a lot of games, but equally scored a few goals. And I think Antonio is going to be definitely more eased back in. And I definitely just prefer prefer Ings on penalties, reliable, really good finisher. Um, and he showed that last night against Liverpool very good Wes well look will we wrap it up there yeah yeah let's do it well look guys I think the big thing next is just to remember there's a lot of cup games on this week keep your eye on them there could be injuries some of the information we've said could become defunct before the games even play but this is the FPL Double Up podcast this week going in towards game week 18 um, thanks very much for listening make sure you go over and download the fan slide app give it a go play around with it in the cup games do you know that there's no fantasy on the line there so you may as well have something going have your in-play fantasy going and uh, yeah I think that's about it for this week Wiz yeah absolutely and again we kind of say it every week now but thanks again for listening thanks for subscribing and the reviews are really helping us on on the podcast so that's really good and yeah just let us know like we know we want feedback so anything you want us to you know, we ask for questions every week, but why not send us um, a tweet or whatever saying what topics you'd like covered so we could do, do it a bit more in depth and just answer in a, you know, a short question. So, you know, if there's a topic that a lot of people want answering or sorry, discussing, we can do that. 
Yeah, 100%, 100%. And just to give a shout out to one of our reviewers, um, FPL SWAT there. Great guest this week. Ash, FPL Hints, always full of brilliant advice from Heisenberg. I must listen every week. That's obviously from a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Cider1977 says, Solid new FPL pod, which gives you expertise and ideas and promises you some great guests. We'll get the guests going again a bit later. Or not, not later, but I mean, I suppose we'll have a few coming soon, Wes. We'll have to work on that. It's presented... Yeah. Well, actually, let, let, let's tease them now, actually. With, um, we've lined up our next guest already, and it is for January. Uh, I discussed it with this this person recently. Um, don't know if I should announce it on air. Well, if someone uh, stayed to one hour and 18 minutes, maybe they should be the first to they know. Deserve to know. What do you think? Yeah, so so um, yeah, so yeah, it is FPL General. Mark McGettigan, uh, unbelievable FPL player, is finishing the top 500 three times, which is... If, if that doesn't really mean anything to you, that is very, very, very good. Um, King of social media, got about 130,000 Twitter followers last time I checked, so that probably means he's got about 150k now. Seems to go up just thousands every time I click onto his page. Um, yeah, really nice guy, absolute legend, helped me out. Obviously, for myself, my, my job now is full-time FPL sort of content creation and helping people out and this podcast and whatever else. And he he was doing that maybe a year or two previously. Um, so you know when I made that that leap into it, which is a you know it's not a it's not a standard job with a guaranteed sort of income. So he was there on that we had a phone call. He was there with advice, just off you know off off his own back, just helping me out, which he didn't have to do. Um, so yeah, can't can't really speak highly enough of him. So he is hopefully coming on in January at some point and we'll try and nail him down to a date in the next coming weeks. Very good, yeah. No, it's very exciting. I've talked to Mark before. Um, great guy. I mean, whenever I made my first, literally I think it was my first FPL video or FPL content. Yeah. He was like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm kind of, jeez, you know, like this guy, I mean, not to lick his arse or anything and, and to really big him up too much, but I mean, for people listening, I'm sure they're aware, he is kind of the pinnacle of like FPL Twitter and like, you know his his previous yeah. his, his history and stuff it, it speaks for itself so when he was just like yeah, yeah i'll help like, you out i was kind of like, geez fair play to you and he, he talks like me as well yeah. which is always nice yeah there's gonna be two yeah there's gonna be two irish accents on next well when he's on and uh it's actually funny that we should mention this the fact that we're doing this pod together is it's in some way related to him so he came on your youtube show at the oh, and then he pre- suggested you pre-season then you was looking you was clamoring for other guests and he he suggested me and i i came on did you a massive favor with uh you know with my huge profile helped out a little guy like yourself john (laughs) (laughs) Um, no that was fun as well but that was basically how we we met we got on there on on your youtube uh channel we had a good laugh and then we kind of put we even at that point pre-season we kind of brainstormed about should we do something fpl related I then kind of put it on the back burner just whilst I was obviously new to full-time FPL stuff. I had to get a lot of this sort of my, my, my shit in order sort of thing. And then we picked it back up, didn't we? So yeah, this whole FPL double up pod probably wouldn't have happened without without Mark. Yeah, and that's true. That is true. Um, so yeah, there you are. There's a little exclusive to those of you who are diehard enough to stay to the end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you subscribe. Let us know what you think on social media and we'll talk to you next week.